What's going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the New Life Podcast. It is your host, James. Um, we're running another solo one today, guys. So, hope you love my voice. But, anyways, let's digress. So, day 30 went awesome. I have gotten to love Sundays because they're more kind of the easier day for me. I'm not doing like a three, three hour, three and a half hour brick workout. Um, I just keep it light, do a bit of a run, stretch a whole lot, sit in the sauna for a while, do a quick core workout and kind of call it a night or call it a day, mind you. Um, so that's how my Sundays normally look. So it's nice to have a bit more of a relaxing Sunday and not have to, you know, put myself through an immense amount of endurance torture. Um, so yeah, that was very exciting. It was nice. 75 hard is going great. Um, we're about, man, we're still a little bit less than halfway. Um, so we still got a bit more to get to halfway, but we're getting close. And, you know, it's honestly just become such a routine now. Um, you know, it doesn't even feel like really I'm doing the 75 hard. It really feels like I'm just training super heavy for the Ironman. So that's good. I really haven't thought much into, um, you know, the aspect of not completing the 75 hard. It's inevitable at this point. It's definitely going to, it's definitely going to happen. I'm definitely going to complete it unless I get some serious injury. Knock on wood, that doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, no, we're looking good. So fantastic. Today was a harder day. Um, we did about an hour and a half on the treadmill. Um, clock just over, I think we just got over 10 miles. So that was nice. That made it a 15 mile day, including the run in the morning. So absolutely crushed it. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, believe it or not, too, guys, I don't know if I have told this in the podcast yet, probably not, because the last time we filmed was on Saturday, but last week, including all the way up to Sunday, was a 450-mile endurance week, so that's just a little bit less than halfway across the United States in a week, <laughs> so just to put it in perspective, um, that is how much I am training so my body is definitely really sore starting off today, but, um, you know, you get through a point, you know, sometimes on these runs where you just forget about the pain and the only thing you're really worried about is just your next step. Um, so yeah, I mean, today was, uh, today was a killer. Definitely. I am going to be really sore tomorrow morning, but we took a nice bath and stretched, recovered properly. And now we're going to get a good night's sleep and get back at it tomorrow. Um, but what I wanted to do today is a little different type of podcast. I recently have been reading Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Now, we've mentioned David Goggins a few times in the past, uh, but let me give you the briefest rundown possible on this guy um, without neglecting you know, all the important aspects of who he is. So David Goggins was the, I believe, 31st African-American Navy SEAL. Um, but if we go back really far in time, David grew up in a very abusive household. His father was a nut job, abused him and his little brother and his mom all the time, and was constantly um, abused and beat down by his father, mentally and physically. And David was never good in school because of his rough childhood. He really didn't apply himself in school. 
Um, he constantly cheated, lied, got his way through classes. And um, the only reason he really graduated high school was because he wanted to join the Air Force. So he really had to do a lot of work in order to graduate high school. And he eventually did. Um, he got into the Air Force. He got injured and um, had to stop. But, you know, in his book, he talks about how, you know, if he if he knew what he knew now, he probably wouldn't have stopped. He would have pushed through the injury, um, but he had to stop. And after he stopped, he started spraying for mosquitoes and rodents, gained a ton of weight. So he went from being super fit, you know, in Air Force training to just over 300 pounds, um, very overweight, didn't have anything going on in his life and just hated hated who he was, did not like the version of himself that he saw in the mirror. So he decided to switch things up and change his life around. And he decided that he wanted to join the Navy SEALs. But he had three months to train and get ready to become a Navy SEAL. And he had to lose, I believe it was like 120 pounds in three months. Um, and he ends up doing it. He ends up losing 120 pounds in three months and joining the Navy SEALs. After he joins the Navy SEALs, he goes through three hell weeks. So for the people that um, maybe are not too familiar with how the military works and some of the rigorous training these people have to go through, hell week is the worst thing imaginable. Let's just put it that way. It's, well, it's a, first of all, the hell week itself is a week of super intense, awful training where you're not getting much sleep, constant cold exposure, you're getting yelled at, guns are getting fired off everywhere. It's just pure mental and physical torture. And I'm not even explaining it properly without... You should you should really think of Hell Week as the worst thing imaginable. You know, massive guys yelling in your ear the whole time and constantly working out with little sleep and tons of cold exposure. Just... No fun at all. And David went through three of those because the first two, he got too injured that he couldn't go further like he wanted to. But for medical issues, the the medical examiners told him, yeah, you you just can't go any further. Third time, he ends up completing BUDS. And the whole BUDS thing itself is about six months. And Hell Week's just one week of that. So imagine that too. You know, Hell Week's the worst week of the whole BUDS training. But, you know, after you complete Hell Week, you still got another five months and three weeks of more training and more torture. Um, But it's worth it because you become one of the hardest motherfuckers on this planet after you get through SEAL training. And David did it. Graduating class 235, um, top of his class, mind you, as well. And he's he was just a beast. He, like I said, dropped 120 pounds went through three hell weeks, and on the third one, made it out and became a Navy SEAL. After his Navy SEAL um, days, and he got deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan, and after his Navy SEAL days, he came back, became an instructor, and he got bored. Decided he wanted to start running ultra marathons, and... Uh, Signed up for an 100-mile race three days before it happened. Ended up finishing the race, but totally demolishing his body. He was pissing blood, shitting himself. 
Lost all the toenails on his feet. Absolutely awful. And then he decides, I think like two months later, to do another one, but in Hawaii on a trail. So there's another 100, 100 mile race in Hawaii. And then after that, he signs up for the hardest ultra marathon, which is called Badwater 135. Me and Nate have talked about this in the podcast before. This race is no fucking joke. It is 135 miles straight through Death Valley in the middle of the summer. Uh, so that's the part of the book I am on now. But the reason why I wanted to give you that little background story is because David really, David Goggins really motivates me um, to realize that, you know, there are there are preconceived limits that you have for yourself, but it's really important to realize that that is not where it ends. That's actually where it begins. So the point of totally giving up and you think you have nothing left in the tank, you're actually only tapped into 40% of your potential. You have 60% left. Um, and, you know, I just finished this chapter today, and that's why I wanted to um, read it out to you guys because I think it's super important. So it's just a page from his book. It's challenge number seven. So if you guys want to look this up for yourself and your own, it's on page 231, challenge number seven. Read it out loud. It's quoting David Goggins. Hope I don't get in trouble. The main objective here is to slowly start to remove the governor from your brain. Okay, and let me just put this into a pretense too. The governor is just like the your car governor. It what it's what tells you you can't go any further. What basically says this is your max speed limit. You can't go any further than this. David David uses the governor as like a metaphor. So in the car. The governor doesn't allow you to go over a certain speed limit. The governor he's talking about is the governor in your mind that's telling you you can't go any further. So, alrighty, here we go. First, a quick reminder of how this process works. In 1999, when I weighed 297 pounds, my first run was a quarter mile. Fast forward to 2007, I ran 205 miles in 39 hours nonstop. I didn't get there overnight, and I don't expect you to either. Your job is to push past your normal stopping point. Whether you are running on a treadmill or doing a set of push-ups, get to the point where you're so tired and in pain that your mind is begging you to stop. Then push just five to 10% further. If the most push-ups you've ever done is 100 in a workout, do 105 or 110. If you normally run 30 minutes, or sorry, if you, if you normally run 30 miles each week, run 10% more next week. This gradual ramp up will help prevent injury and allow your body and mind to slowly adapt to your new workload. It also resets the baseline, which is important because you're about to increase your workload another five to 10% the following week and the week after that. There is so much pain and suffering involved in physical challenges that it's the best training to take command of your inner dialogue and the newfound mental strength and confidence you gain by continuing to push yourself physically. It will carry over to the other aspects of your life as well. You will realize that if you were, if you were underperforming in your physical challenges, there's a good chance you're underperforming at school and work too. The bottom line is that life is one big mind game. The only person you are playing against is yourself. Stick with the process, and soon 
what you thought was impossible will be something you do every fucking day of your life. So, what I got out of that, guys, when I read that, literally 15 minutes before this podcast started, was that there is a lot of areas in my personal life that, you know, I could be I could be up in the ante. I could be doing 5 or 10% better. Um, and, you know, it's important to look at situations and um, ways you're doing things in a light where you know, hey, I could probably get better at this. And, you know, I could probably be allocating my time more towards this instead of that. So when I read that tonight, I was thinking to myself, you know, what can I improve upon um, and get 5 to 10%, you know, better every weekend and push myself 5 to 10% further? And, you know, I, it, it was tough. I realized that, you know what, I am, I'm slacking a little bit in my organization you know, I'm not organized as as well as I want to be. Um, I have just a shitload of stuff going on, and I constantly rely on my memory to remember all the things I need to get done. And in reality, that is no way to live. So I think that part of my 5 to 10% is figuring out better organization habits. Also, when it comes to physical um, work endeavors, maybe, maybe I should be doing longer workouts it sounds crazy or maybe i should be switching up the intensity of the workouts to figure out you know hey can i can i do a little bit better here for example maybe i need to allocate more time to lifting and strengthening my muscles so instead of you know doing one day a week of you know intense lifting maybe i do two and i just stick to legs um but I really like that challenge. It is a, it is one challenge by David that I'd say um, is a really interesting one. And the reason I say this is because he found out about this 40% rule that um, he created when he was doing one of his massive endurance feats. Like when he was in, I think it was like mile 60 or 70 of Badwater 135. So the race through Death Valley in the middle of the summer. He said there was a point in the race where he literally thought he had nothing left. His gas tank was on empty. He had a blister going up the side of his foot that was so big it looked like a golf ball, he said. And, um, you know, obviously it was very, very hot. And he didn't know if he could go any further. But he stuck with it long enough to realize 20 miles later the pain had gone away. He had a new reamp of energy, and he had no idea that there was that, you know, that energy source, that other sixty percent still left. So, you know, after being at only halfway through at mile seventy, um, Goggins pushed through that race. And you know, the funny thing is, even though that being his third ultra marathon ever. He finished fifth place out of 90 people. It is insane. And, uh, you know, another thing actually I want to point out from the book too, because this is, this really inspired me, man. Um, you know, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I think it's important to have people in your life that really believe in you and believe in your achievements um, and believe what, what you can achieve. Um, because, you know, when people put 
a strong belief on you, it makes you want to do it even more and prove them right. Um, so one of David Goggins' uh, SEAL instructors, they don't give us his actual name. He's called SBG. This guy was a badass motherfucker and loved David because he, I mean, he put David through three three different versions of Hell Week. Um, so this guy really had a had a found respect for David. But when David started getting into these ultra marathons, the reason why he wanted to get into it was because of um, Operation Red Wing, I believe. And uh, it was a it's actually based off the movie Lone Survivor, if anyone has seen it, um, where three Navy SEALs died and one came out alive. Um, and it was a really, really unfortunate turn of events. And it goes down in military history as one of the um, one of the most unfortunate operations there was. And those were those were a few of David's friends. So he decided that he was going to run this ultra marathon, um, Badwater 135. But he didn't realize that he needed to qualify for it. So he ran two races before, like I was pointing out earlier. But originally, his Navy SEAL instructor, SBG, sent out this email to the race director. And the race director, guys, this, this dude is a badass. Um, his name's like Chris Kotster. And I mean, the guy, the guy's created a ton of ultra marathons. He's on the board. And I mean, this guy's done them himself. He understands what it takes to be an endurance athlete. So you have to go through qualifications to even enter into bad water. But SBG and Goggins didn't want, didn't want to do the requirements because he was a Navy SEAL instructor, didn't have time. But he ended up having to do them anyways. But this was the email SBG sent um, to the race director, Chris, months before Goggins even did the race. He said, Chris, I'm sure you get plenty of requests for rookie waivers to enter the race, but I'd really appreciate it if you and your folks would give this serious consideration. This request is not for myself, but it's on behalf of a guy that works for me. This is where I introduce a man who is going to put in an entry application, David Goggins. I put him through buds in 2001 and quickly identified him as incredibly talented. His strength and endurance are extraordinary. He graduated SEAL training and volunteered to go into the Army Ranger School, where he graduated as the honor man, no small feat. Because he is an instructor on my staff, it is nearly impossible for him to complete the prerequisites for entry. He is simply the best endurance athlete with the greatest mental toughness I've ever seen. I would put my reputation as a naval officer and SEAL on the line to say he would successfully complete the race and finish in the top 10%. If, I, if accepted, he would like... Oh, sorry. He would like to run under the U.S. Navy SEAL team logo as well as raise money for the Special Operations Warrior Foundation. Thanks for your consideration. Very respectfully, SPG. That was SPG's email, like I said, to Chris. And he was fucking right. David did finish in the top 10%. Insane. Only his third race ever. And dude, that really inspired me because I have people that believe in me and what I'm trying to do here. And it's important to take those beliefs strongly that people have in you and ride them out because people want to see you win, man. Um, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be an Ironman or an ultra marathon. It could be something as simple as doing good on a test or um, 
I don't know, maybe going to the gym twice a week, doing something different that you normally don't do. People will be proud of you and they have high expectations for you. So don't don't let them down. Prove them right and get out there and get after it. So, but that is where I kind of wanted to take things today. I thought it'd be a cool route kind of explaining who David Goggins was and some of the stuff that he talks about that inspires me on a day-to-day basis to keep going with the rigorous training and understanding their there are preconceived limits, but you got to push past them and toughen the mind. But anyways, guys, you know how I love to end these podcasts. Two things we're grateful for, two things we're excited about, one thing we're proud of. Start off with the proud. I'm super proud of myself, man. Last week, doing that big 450-mile feat was unreal. I was really just really pumped that I was able to do that and it's just it's just crazy. I, I could never it, it brings me back to what Goggins was talking about. I could have never even imagined telling myself, you know, six or seven months ago that I'd have a four hundred fifty mile endurance week. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So super proud of myself there. Um grateful. I am super grateful for my two younger siblings, Danny and Reese. Danny is out there killing in volleyball. I say it all the time. Um but I'm just super proud of him and grateful for him. Grateful for Reese. She is just a firecracker, a ball of light. I hope that never fades. Um, She is just awesome and just always happy and, you know, just a very young soul, but I hope hope that never changes. I hope she keeps her happiness and uh, all of her joy all the time because life's tough and you know, sometimes it can bring you down, but I'm super grateful that she is just a ball of joy and an awesome, awesome person to talk to over the phone and all that kind of good stuff. Um, also super grateful for, um, for Omni. We started off the week great, scheduled some demos. Me and Derek had a little powwow, you know, actually that I'm grateful for Derek, man. Um, me and him are really tag teaming the, the shoe retail space. And we've been doing a great job of just dominating and talking to the big dogs like New Balance um, and Fleet Feats and all these other kind of sweet-looking stores. And it's just cool because we're really helping small businesses. So I'm grateful for Derek. I mean, he's doing a great job, and he's he's helping me become that much better a salesman. So super grateful for him and, you know, everything we're doing at Omni in general. Excited about the week. You guys know I love Mondays. Mondays are the days you set momentum for the week, and we've set a fucking good momentum, man. We set a good momentum, and we're going to ride it. Ride it heavy, heavy and hot. Um, And you know, I'm really excited about two weeks from now, actually. So I'm excited for two weeks out from now. Um, I think my mom's coming up to visit with my younger siblings, and I haven't seen them in a while, so super excited about that. Um, It'll be good to kind of show them the new office and kind of bring them around campus again for a little bit. They've only been up here a few times, so it's uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. But anyways, guys, you know why I love doing that? You should always be excited about something, always be grateful for something, and always be proud of something. So I always love ending it with that, and maybe you should ask yourself that tonight or in the morning, whenever you're listening to this. Ask yourselves those three simple questions. But we'll end it there. Thanks for listening, guys, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.